0: You are listening to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We shine a light on the topics that matter to digital and data leaders in the NHS. I am Brad ducunda Clark. I connect interim talent with NHS leaders and I am your host. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organisation. So, Mind and Evolution's goal is to help NHS organisations realise their true potential towards digital. We do this through connecting leading interim talent with NHS stakeholders and by building a community-led approach to thought leadership, just as we're doing today. Um, Today, we'll be discussing the Leicestershire, Leicester, and Rutland shared care record with the two people that are behind, two key people that are behind the program itself. Toby, I'm going to come to you. Can you introduce yourself for me? Yes.
1: Hi, I'm Toby Page. So I'm the architecture lead for the uh, Leicester, Leicestershire and Rutland Care Record. And
0: Laura?
2: Yeah, I'm Laura Gottschalk. I am the programme manager for the Leicester, Leicestershire and Rutland Care
0: Record. Amazing. Um, So first question, what actually is? The Leicestershire, Leicester, Leicestershire, and Rutland Share Care Record. It's quite a mouthful. Mm. Laura, do you want to start us off?
2: Yeah, so um, basically it's it's a national programme effectively in its first in, instance. It's uh, no, the Share Care Record programmes. I mean, they're quite well known about now. Um, and our local name for ours is the Leicester, Leicestershire, and Rutland Care Record. Um, we dropped the shared bit from our uh, the way we introduce it because uh, people kept abbreviating it to SCR, which to help health and um, health people will be the summary care record and it got quite confusing in some of the uh, boards and conversations we were having so it's known locally as the LLR care record or the Leicester, Leicester and Rutland care record and effectively it's to see people living in Leicester, Leicester and Rutland receiving better safer care um, and treatment through the introduction of joined up health and social care records. Um, we're looking and we have been working towards bringing together a person's separate records into one single view uh, to give health and care professionals directly involved in their care a more holistic picture um, of the care and treatment that they're receiving across all of our services um, in LLR. Amazing
0: and Toby do you want to sort of I suppose give a, your answer to to that question probably maybe yeah, from a technical suppose, perspective.
1: <clears throat> from a technical perspective so we've, we've based um, the capabilities on um, a technical platform which was uh produced, developed by the Yorkshire Humber care record, which was one of the early lycra's, which is the local health and care record exemplars, uh, going back as part of the national uh, share share care record programmes. Um, so we've taken what they developed um, and um, and um, yeah, re implemented it in, in the region. And there's loads of benefits, which I think we'll come on to later, but essentially it's kind of um, a platform that allows us to, uh, share information from local systems um via this kind of regional uh, central mechanism and then present it in a in a common portal for people so it kind of aggregates data from local local uh, platforms where people are recording stuff and and, and share it in a, in a single view excellent um, and what have
0: the key objectives been of the, the programme? Go for it, Laura.
2: Yeah, I can start this first. Yeah. So uh, the main initial objectives were basically to implement a single secure regional method to share data between our health and social care systems. Um so that meant sort of primary, secondary and acute health, as well as our local, our three local authorities, uh, Leicester City, Leicestershire County and Rutland County Council. Um, this is now, um, you know, we're in the process at the moment of extending that out as well to hospice. So we have LOROS who are currently linking in, which are our local main adult hospice, uh, community pharmacy as well, of, of, um, are, are quite sort of primary as we're in that as well. And then we'll be looking to roll out to care homes, uh, Derbyshire Health United, who provide our 111 network, out of our services and EMAS as well, which is the East midland Ambulance Service. But it, overall, it kind of needed to be something that was practically usable, um, accessible, and accurate. Obviously, they're quite key things to to help make uh, decision making. Um, we also wanted it to align with local, regional, national strategies and fit in with the ever changing sort of landscapes within health and social care. Um, but we were really sort of interested on building on existing systems that we've implemented across LR are already before um, and, and something that will allow us to grow with digital maturity um, in the future. Um, we also have a real strong programme focus on providing measurable benefits. Um, so that involves um, identifying them, tracking them
1: and monitoring them over time. Right, And so, Toby? Yeah, so I was just, um, in terms of our approach to some of those, delivering those objectives, I mean, that we'll come on to later, I'm sure, but around our discovery works, we go out and talk to people uh, find out their, their their issues, their local issues, uh, and then that helps us um, deliver things to other other priority objectives, other programmes of work. So things like virtual wards and, uh, and or getting getting data from different uh, settings like care homes and hospices. Um, so we're really keen to um, kind of positively uh, exploit, if you like, the our the system we deliver to its maximum in terms of. Um, uh providing information for new models of care you know supporting multidisciplinary teams um looking at how personalized care can be um shared information around that could be shared uh, and also look at additional data that we can um we can share to meet these objectives and that might be things like um sharing information about what equipment people have at home um to support discharge flows and things like this so there's a lot of kind of Uh, benefits, as Laura mentioned, that we want to align or deliver and, uh, you know, objectives to align to. So that's all, it's all good stuff.
0: Really good insight. As we know, collaboration is really important in the NHS and something that I think most trusts need to be striving towards for sure. Um, what sort of level of collaboration has been involved in this programme, I suppose, from different ICSs and, and other national organisations as well? Um,
2: collaboration has really been sort of in the forefront of the LLR Care Record programme. Um, it's helped us propel from being, you know, just a business case back in April 2021, right up to having pilot sites live within 11 months later. Um as Toby said earlier, we chose to join into a partnership with Yorkshire and Humber in the Interweave solution last year um, to share not only the tech, but the learning and the uh, you know forward development of the roadmap for the Interweave product itself. But that in, in itself has also opened up so many doors with collaborative working. Um, not just locally so um like locally we're really lucky in LLRB. we've got lots of organizations that have worked quite closely together for a number of years um to to work towards data sharing in multiple various ways um but not none of them have kind of come to fruition to be able to share everything with everybody which is obviously what we're, what we're doing now um but we do have strong leadership across our organizations that are engaged and are supportive with driving forward um the activities to help us progress at pace uh, and that's also um, linked in with working with our system suppliers that we use locally trying to coordinate and navigate around their release dates development plans and roadmaps as well Um, aligning configuration and mapping which I'm sure Toby can talk about in a moment also collaboration between our health and social care systems in as a whole so co-designing resources to share that makes sense between health and social care and um, linking in with other projects that might be going as well so the, reducing duplication on that it can save time by you know either joining forces with a program or project that might be running alongside it in one of our health and social care organizations or um or you know sort of uh sharing information we have um, with those ones so that they sort of can see our viewpoint of things as well. Um, Joining forces with uh, Yorkshire and Humber has enabled us, you know, it's been a massive bonus of being able to share processes that they went through with implementation and learning from there. We kind of got all of the good bits without going through some of the pain points that they started. We weren't starting from scratch. Um, We buddied up some members of our programme team with members of theirs. So we have sort of counterparts that work together really cohesively. Um, And we have sort of a PMO function as well, which kind of helps to to unify all of that together. But it just means, um, you know, those involved in, I mean, it's not just Yorkshire and Humber now. We have more people that are using the Interweave platform, such as Nottingham. Um, There are sort of Coast and Vale as well. Um, There are some colleagues within Derbyshire as well that are linking in. So, you know, it's created quite this nice community, really, that are all utilising the Interweave platform uh, that are helping us to drive forward the development, um, utilising existing documentation um so not just having that central team but including other ICSs and then that leads nicely into the national groups that we're part of so there is a shared care record national group um chaired by a lady called Astrid Faircloud from Dorset Care Record and that group's absolutely invaluable um allows us to share sort of positive and negative experiences we've had but also join forces to go to our system suppliers to tell them actually we need this to do this for us and it's not just us asking for it it's multiples of us going from other areas as well and it really feels like you've got more of a driver for change on that Um, we're also part of the national benefits and evaluation group Um, so Jackie Bell is the benefits lead there from NHS England um, uh, you know helping us to streamline and capture our benefits and what that looks like uh, so there's there's a lot of collaborative working going on um and like you said earlier so healthcare's always seen in silos um and social care sort of those groups stay in those own little areas and we really wanted to kind of help break the mold of that and really kind of not be afraid to go to another area and say oh i've seen you've done this how did you do that do you mind sharing that learning and that's helped us to progress really quickly as well
0: amazing i think it's really refreshing to see that you made quite a conscious effort in particular to really cross organization collaborate because you're all doing the same sort of program, going through a very similar journey. Why not do that sort of thing? Mm, Absolutely. Toby, What does I suppose, the collaborative effort look like from your side of things?
1: Yeah, so I think um, one of the I mean, it's a real focus for us generally, but I think specifically relating to the technical side of things, the information and architecture, um, you know, we've got that um, technical collaboration between um, the the interweave platform partners um, so we can go and talk to them about the you know get expertise and knowledge share between uh, the technical architects uh, across the across the different regions and have those uh, those conversations we have that kind of collaborative roadmap development so if there's a feature that we kind of see needed we can kind of um, create ideas between us uh, between the partnerships Um, there's also a big uh, piece of work uh, around data standards and how we collectively understand um, the information we're sharing and that's that's kind of amazing group really between um, you know social care is a good example we're looking at uh, getting social care domain experts involved in how they share information and how they understand it and how that translates into into the technical standards that we uh, we use for sharing information um, we're also doing kind of uh, discovery work across uh, region as well so we're looking at um kind of common challenges um around new pathways and new ways of working and then how how that translates into our technical deliverables so we can do it in a shared way between you know working with nottingham quite closely um and yorkshire obviously Um, and that's great and then i suppose from the national perspective um we also engage engaging with um national groups like the PRSB, professional record standards body or board body, I can't remember, Um, and and how they um, how they deliver standards and how we can integrate um, some of the work they're doing into our our standards work um, and also how we deal with um, organisations like NHS Digital and and how we get things from them, um, which is sometimes a challenge.
0: Great insight. Um, I suppose looking at the successes now of the programme, What have the successes been so far?
2: I think in LLR, um, because we went from the position of making sure that social care was in the forefront of our integration right from the very start, that's kind of felt like it's put us slightly ahead of the game a little bit. Um, There's not many ICSs that have gone from that perspective. Uh, We wanted it to be a health and social care initiative. We didn't want this, we didn't want the LLR care record to be a, a healthcare initiative that comes to social care as an afterthought. Um, we wanted it to be a holistic picture of a person's journey straight from the start and not be all healthcare that social care might be able to look at. We wanted that whole picture. Um, it, you know, to be able to provide that better, safer care, which is one of the, you know, the initial uh objectives. We we felt like that was a real piece and it's often that social care is that missing piece um, that isn't heard often enough and actually they are so imperative as part of say discharge planning and, and uh, you know people management outside of sort of the health sector uh, that is one of sort of the key areas of <laughs> If information that's probably missing from a healthcare perspective, because it's not really filtered in that way, um, but also enabling our, our social care colleagues to be able to see information from, say, acute or um, secondary care that they would normally sort of be chasing for information on, or could delay somebody's sort of social care help or care packages on the basis that they're waiting for that information. Um, so I think that's been a real good success of our program and it's really helped with engagement as well especially from our social care colleagues um they're not feeling like something's being done to them um they are part of that and being very much part of that and I'll, I'll probably go into a bit more detail of that later on
0: I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit Laura so I'd like to understand I think other people that are listening might look, like to understand as well so other organizations why aren't they looking at you know the social care and aspect sort of you know being led by that in terms of these sorts of programs?
2: Hmm. Um, I guess it's because they've always been seen as quite separate to 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 healthcare. Effectively, they've always been felt. They've always been seen as health and and social care as separate entities. Um, they are seen again. It's like going back to that siloed working, isn't it? Where you know we do our thing, then we hand over, and then you do your thing. And actually, it seems ridiculous now talking about it of how they're so disjointed when it's you know it's one person and all of those organizations are involved in that person so it should be discussed as a full mdt really with that side of things as well um i think sort of system barriers have, have been sort of um part of that as well and integrating into social care um teams uh local so serv- uh, local sorry um uh platforms that they use i mean locally we use liquid logic but it I think it's quite unusual to hear of... um social care teams having access to healthcare data whereas in the healthcare sort of field you'll have teams that need data so they will do information sharing agreements between them and link in that way and discuss it that way or give them access to certain parts of certain systems so they can see uh, areas of data that they need to see whereas it's it's I've never really heard of that happening so much in social care Um and yeah it is a question of what why why and and that's kind of one of the things we're really trying to resolve with the LLR care record as well
0: amazing hats off to you for I suppose going the the different route and having such success with it I like it Toby
1: I think just adding to that the um I think some of the uh, well I'm just thinking of reasons why um I think there's a legacy a bit of the the, the, the national programs being NHS programs for shared care so they kind mm. of have an association with with health health care rather than health and care And and there's also a kind of a technical legacy of um, the standards, you know, the standard, the kind of agreed international standards for Sharing, you know, towards fire now, with the, which is um, kind of from a health um, health origin, I suppose. Even though it acknowledges um, social care, I think there's there's definitely some work to do to get that parity of um, uh, kind of acknowledging social care as a, a big part of that. Uh, I think that's yeah one of the reasons, but we're we're definitely uh, fighting it, and I think it's it's very fresh, um, kind of refreshing in LLR that it's it is equal footing really, uh, the social care organisations. Um, And and that's great. Great work.
0: And Toby, do you want to look at sort of the successes of the programme from your perspective as well?
1: Yeah, I think um, as we mentioned before, I think the collaboration really has been uh, very successful uh, and, and, Particularly on the social care side, uh, they've been very engaged. um, Well, actually, across all all, all the partners, really, all the health and care partners have been very positive about getting involved. Um, You know, people have come forward and and expressed interest in, um, you know, helping out. I don't know whether it's data standards or uh, involvement in understanding, you know, pathways and how they would like to interact with the programme. It's been great. Um, to that sort of broader discovery engagement has been very positive. I think the um, one of the successes I see from a a kind of a platform perspective is that we do have that shared roadmap um, or uh, ability to contribute to a shared roadmap uh, between the regions so we can say, well, you know, we want this thing, and then other people can like upvote that feature, and then we get get it pushed up the roadmap. I think that's really positive. Good stuff.
0: And then on the the other side, the the key challenges and and lessons learned. Laura, would you would you talk me through these, please?
2: Yeah, I mean, challenges, I think, from my perspective, I mean, I've worked in in healthcare sort of digital change for for a long time now. And I think one thing that always crops up um, across both uh, health and social care is uh, digital maturity challenges, um, navigating around existing organisations, say contracts for their upgrades, fixes, roadmaps, etc. The ability of the systems that they're using. um, And we are very tied to their upgrades and, um, you know, other priorities from their system suppliers perspective of what their roadmaps are and obviously looking at sort of you know social care supplier systems might not necessarily have the healthcare priorities on on their lists of things that might need to be built in or shared or or seen so that that's always quite a challenge um but also border patients now it's not something that is um causing us direct problems right now but it's definitely something that is on the horizon i mean being in LLR, um, we're we're pretty much landlocked. We have no coast. We have uh, people accessing services across multiple regions outside of LLR. And it's really important for us as well, it's already on our our sort of strategy, is to look forward at interoperability with our neighbouring ICSs and looking at what solutions they have for their shared care records uh, to make sure that either we can link in or share information across borders so that our border patients are experienced Experiencing the same levels of care that that those within LLR and only access LLR sort of services are also having we don't want to have that sort of care deficit of people just because of where they live on a on a border whether that's with I mean thankfully like Nottingham we're using interweave so we'll be able to link in with them um but other areas such as Coventry and Warwickshire um over on the Peterborough side, there's quite a few of our patients within Rutland who use Kettering as their nearest hospital rather than uh, UHL or um, or sort of Queen's up in Nottingham as well. So it's having that sort of future of what our challenges are that are coming up, but actually making sure that we are looking at sort of mappings and things we can do now to help us when that time comes where we are able to, to map across into those other
0: localities. Good stuff. And Toby, what have the, the key challenges and, and lessons learned been
1: from you? Um, yeah, I think um, similar around the uh, the maturity side of things, I think there's a uh, understanding the the variations in digital maturity within local teams that we, we need to engage with has been a bit of a challenge. So, you know, people understandably have different re- levels of resourcing and different expertise in their organisations. So it's kind of really trying to understand those and how we can support them, um, whether from a central team or liaising with suppliers to support them. That's been a bit of a challenge. I think fundamentally, I mean, it is uh, kind of a complex sort of distributed architecture. There's, there's no getting around this. You know, it's kind of it's tricky business, really. Um, so that that presents um, challenges like around how we test things, how we get, um, yeah, how we how we assure the um, the data that's being provided um, around release management. That's tricky. How we make sure that people are getting releases properly for testing and things. Um, I think some of the um, we talked about before about getting this collaboration from the kind of the the sort of domain, the subject matter experts, if you like. I think there's a bit of a challenge around um, the technical terminology and, and bringing them into those conversations in a way that they don't feel alienated um, and that's been a challenge that we've overcome, actually, particularly with our data standards group. We kind of have these conversations that may have started a bit technically, technical uh, focus, but then we've kind of shifted it and that's worked really well. Um, And similar with um, mentioned before this social care versus health. I think the terminology challenge has been a bit tricky, you know, patient versus service user. Um, is a a key one, but there's other other terms around how the how the data is understood. You know, an episode of care might not mean anything to a social care person. Um, uh, So there's that challenge, which we also um, I think we're overcoming as well. Um, I think final one is um, how we interact with national services, uh, NHS. uh, um, Yeah, and NHS teams around things that we capabilities that we like to that we need from them, I think that's a bit of a disconnect uh, when we're doing all this good collaborative work between regions, and then we go to them and we end up having to do um, not collaborative work, uh, applications for things. Put it that way, um, and that's a bit of a challenge. We'd like to. Uh, I think it's acknowledged that this collaboration is good, but I think it hasn't really filtered up to the um, the processes up there. Um, so, but yeah. I'm sure
0: they're aware of this stuff. And and what advice would you give to others who are embarking on a a similar programme?
2: I'd probably say not to reinvent the wheel Um, build on existing structures that work. Um, We're all trying to, we mentioned it earlier, we're all trying to do the same thing, aren't we? Um, Realising the same benefits, overcoming the same challenges. Uh, Nine times out of ten, there is going to be somewhere else that has exactly the same problems that that we've had at some point. Or, you know, we've overcome something and we can share that learning. Um, There are some differences between different regions and things, but ultimately starting with something is is always better than starting with a blank page and and actually um, talking to other ICSs. don't be afraid to kind of connect in with someone. I mean, one of the um, things that we've obviously been doing better over the last couple of years is is. Well, utilising Teams, connecting more digitally um, ourselves and um, being able to uh, enter into such things like the, the National Shared Care Records group has given us so much access to so many people, names, contacts. We could just say, oh, I heard in this group that you're doing dot, dot, dot. Can you share that? I mean, that's that's happened with uh, our community pharmacy work, and I'd mentioned in one of these forums that we would be speaking with Pharma Outcomes about linking in with them to provide a contextual launch um, login uh, through the LLR care record that way. And then some of the other ICs has popped up and said, "Oh, we're interested in that as well." And actually, again, it's going back to them as a collective. So there is going to be other people working on similar things to yourself. So you know, don't be afraid to to contact someone if they don't if they don't know themselves. I'm sure they'll know somebody that does and you know everybody's only human they're not going to be sort of um worried that someone external's contacted them for for information on something I mean we're always more than happy to to talk to other people other ICS's link in on how we've done things we're not saying it's it's the it's always the best way of how to do something but starting with something rather than nothing is always better
1: I feel good stuff and Toby um yeah I suppose uh similarly I think try and um share to share openly as much as possible collaborate you know everyone's facing similar challenges and i think it's you know gen- genuine generally people are kind of happy to share and happy to collaborate and i think that's if you, if you just open um i think the uh, the other thing is um which is a bit more abstract i suppose is uh, trying to break out of the siloed way of thinking so the shared care record is trying to you know share across boundaries of the organization so be aware that you kind of uh The structures you put in place in these programs of work, uh, you you try and break free of these silos. I think there's a there's a there's a law called Conway's law, which is around uh, software development, um, where if if you if your organization structure can it can mirror what you're building, basically. So if you if you create a structure in your organization with silos, then you're going to get a siloed system. Um, so I think it's being aware of these of these things uh, and, we, and I think we it's, it's natural to do this. You have calls with people on in silos, but sometimes you have to think about how these um, how these structures can join up um, and, and things like data standards, more specifically, you know, just engage early with with these sort of conversations and, and embed them in the in the culture. You know, it sounds like a dry topic, but um, when, when you explain the benefits of consistent data standards, then it's, it can be really, uh, really beneficial to everyone. Excellent.
0: We're going to change focus ever so slightly here and, and look at the public engagement aspect. So it appears to have been something that was, say, a bit of a key objective on your programme. Um, I, for one, before I started working in the NHS, didn't know what a shared care record was. Um, what did you do to spread awareness of that to the public?
2: It's an interesting one because public engagement is always seen as like this big scary thing to do um, and I think we're we're quite mindful within LLR that actually a lot of people we engage with from a staff perspective, being mindful that those staff are also the people that are the patients and the people that are accessing these health and social care services in the first instance as well. Um, so explaining things from a not just a a, you know a staff viewpoint of how something can be used or the benefits from how it can make your life easier from a work perspective but actually pulling through the what does this mean for me as a patient what does this mean for me as somebody accessing a social care service and creating sort of um, the public campaign if you like around that on how it's going to be beneficial to them I mean there are with, with you know the, the internet being a big big world uh, there is always that 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 fear of sharing information where's my information going who's selling that information who's going to be doing this with that information and and it's trying to help the public understand that what it is, what we're we doing, how we're we doing, what's happening with their data, who's going to be able to access it. Now with the LLR care record, it's for direct care. We've come at it from that approach um, from the start anyway and always kind of push that approach. It is people that can access your data if they are already involved in your care. So it wouldn't mean that someone from a team that you've never had a referral to will be able to see that information or use it or, you know, use it to see Uh, you know someone in their villages information or what have you they can't access it unless you are involved in their care already and part of our multimedia campaign and all of our documentation uh, kind of really reinforces that fact that it's secure it's safe um what it means for them and for their care um we have uh like i said earlier a multimedia campaign that's currently being released so it's on all different social media platforms and it's um we have sort of a number of different scenarios and uh, that relate to sort of the organisations and services that we use and the people that might access those services. Um, and then the link to our website, which has a whole host of information um, some FAQs. Um, we have a, an animation which is like a 90 second sort of intro as to what it is and some scenarios there um, which will be processed out on, on social media campaigns as well. We also have radio edits and um, we've been really conscious, I mean LLR is a really multicultural area um, and we've really um, uh, sort of drummed into the idea that we you know it's not just English this goes out and we've had our leaflets and our posters and everything um translated into 11 different languages we have um, radio edits on stations that aren't just sort of your you normal generic stations we have them on our local um, Hindi radio stations and they've all been translated into other regional dialects and loca- um and uh, languages that are used locally and uh, we wanted to spread the word as far and wide and access as many people as possible so they are aware of of what the LLR care is and how it will be utilised in their care. Um, We've also been... creating our leaflets and our posters, uh, which are available sort of online, but also at local GP surgeries and and other uh, care accessible places, but also converting that into easy read information and making sure that we're not um, just having a lot of digital content um, because not everybody is digitally enabled and making sure we are reaching those people um, that might not be accessing a website somewhere or might not access their GP surgery to, to find information there. Um, And it's just sort of having that public engagement to ensure we are reaching all of those areas or all all the different um, sort of communication tools that we could possibly use really Uh, and I think we've got a pretty robust um, public campaign um, that uh, engagement process that we've been using over the last sort of quite a few months really Um, so yeah they are they are good to sort of see out and about and and having something that's recognisable I mean something as simple as a logo and a a phrase or a slogan or something um, you know people associate that or they'll spot it and see it and um, because we've had people involved it's something they trust as well And they have that buy into it themselves and recognise that it's for them.
0: Toby, what's your thoughts on the Mm. um, public engagement aspect?
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, often a slightly different tangent, I suppose. We really... Also interested in getting people engaged in how we do the system kind of discovery and design work, really. So it's kind of um, getting getting those public groups involved in uh, in that work, so we can understand their challenges and how we would potentially help them. They might not see it because it's um, they might not see it directly because it's obviously the systems for for professionals, but um, they will obviously uh, face challenges in their life which we can t- we can help. Um, help remove. Um so I think that that sort of engagement is really key as well. So it's kind of going out and speaking to patient and service users who are, I don't know, you know, they might be on might be being managed using a virtual ward and we want to understand how, that, you know, the challenges they face and then what we can do to support the professionals to help help the patients. So that's um, another aspect, I suppose. Great stuff.
0: Um, how important is it being to have clinicians involved from the outset on this program? Um,
2: I'd say incredibly important um But not just have clinical staff, um, but having staff engagement in general, Um, again, being aware of our social care colleagues as well, and having things that are sometimes just clinically driven, you get one perspective on something, Um, but having our care staff involved as well has been integral. Um, We've been, again, had a a real good uh, staff engagement um, piece that's been going on for quite a while now. We started with um, some uh, sessions we'd like to call lunch and learn sessions, where we held sort of half an hour sessions over lunchtime people could join in just listen to what we've got to say or they can be quite interactive with it Um, and it was just a bit of an the first series was just an overview of what the LLR care record is what it means to them um, and and sort of the the basics of it really Uh, we're just about to go in our series two of of what they are and that's more geared towards the benefits how it can be utilised in their clinical care setting Um, and it's more of a workshop really for for discovery it's an interactive group Uh, where people we welcome engagement of people to come and identify their pain points to us and for us to look at how we can help deliver that solution to to take away those issues that they might have in their sort of communication between different organizations involved in one of their patients or persons care Um, but it does having that clinical buy-in and that engagement is is really key anyway in terms of helping with the embedding and usability of that system um or solution um just giving somebody you know building a, a product and then giving it to them nine times out of ten it's not going to work for what they need it to it's not going to fit into their process and having an understanding that process of what they do in their day-to-day and having something that fits around that rather than disrupt that is um you know always welcome there's that key phrase isn't there the only people that like change is change managers and I think sort of making sure you're not hindering people's work when you know the pressures at the moment are incredible with you know resources are are hard um and you know there's so many priorities on everybody's plates at the moment we don't want to make life more difficult for them we want it to to help them and um and that's sort of one of our primary focuses really to be honest
0: Toby what's your take on that
1: yeah I just agree really I suppose I think it's just key to um this or particularly the discovery work to have, have professionals involved uh, clinicians social care professionals um and also admin staff as well or non you know non-clinical or non um yeah and i think that because we just got to think more widely about the opportunities for you know um workflow and process optimization if you like you know there's there's the information gaps all across the system, the wider system, and how we can sort of try and plug those if we can, and 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 just finding out about these little pain points, which are often hidden, um, and and it's only talking to. Um, people directly that you find find out these little, particularly when people are putting in place workarounds, you know, because they're missing information and there'll be all these kind of hidden workarounds or, or telephone calls happening a lot. That's our big red flag, I think. And there's people, you know, ringing hospitals to find out what ward people are on and stuff like that. And it's, very, very wasteful. If we can if we can help out with that stuff, it's, it's great. And the only way you can do that is by is talking to the people directly. I think the other thing that Laura mentioned as well is just that promotion of adoption. I think it's key. We don't just dump stuff on people. Um, you know, uh, these technical programs work, you know, very often can just be um, misguided. And if we get as close as possible to the, the people who are using it, then the adoption levels are, are going to go up. <laughs> So that's uh, that's very important. Excellent. And
0: um, what have you guys done to incorporate information governance and cyber from the outset of this program?
2: So as a program team, we work directly with. All the local organisations, and um, we created local work streams um, for cyber, IG, clinical safety, and adoption. Um, And we have representation from each of those organisations. So, for instance, for the IG work stream, we have the IG leads from each of the organisations that attend a meeting. We hold them um, once every other week. Um, And we kind of bring conversation there around any sort of IG things that might have popped up or advice or guidance that we need as a programme team. Uh, but we also um created a central documentation that covers all of the organization. So instead of having multiple different DPAs, ICs, DPIAs, we have one of each document that every organization under the ICS signs up to. And we just find that so much easier to manage any changes going forward, any updates. And we have, you know, having the right people around the table in those work streams just means we've been able to progress so much quicker than then go into each organisation individually and treating them all as separate, like we were talking about earlier, siloed organisations, actually bringing them together as a whole to create a work stream in itself has been brilliant. And it is funny because some of the conversation within them, although they're set up from an LLR care record perspective in the first instance, it's led on to other conversations around IG or or cyber or what have you um, for other things that are going on. But it's just enabled, it's it's created that forum for for discussion and collaborative work Working again uh, between the organisations, and I think that's also helped um, for when we did transition into the ICS. Of having those groups already working together has um, been has been brilliant, really. Um, and I think it's 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 helped again. It's helped propel us quickly to where we are now, um, and just helps
0: with continued conversation for development, really. And Toby, what's your sort of thoughts on that question?
1: Yeah, I think specifically for well, cybersecurity and and in general, there's um, you know we've got some really good um, local sort of experts stakeholders who are who are just really brought in and just engaged with the program when we need them. Um, I think going back to our regional and sort of um, platform collaboration, we have the you know the technical design authority, which is really good when there's any questions that come up around security or um, the platform Uh, and there's you know that that helps us deal with technical challenges when when there's concerns raised locally Uh, and, and they share their information resources any you know testing they've done around cybersecurity with us um and that's that kind of shared assurance of what what we're doing from the the, the central platform and, and how we implement it i think also um clinical safety we're very keen to align um you know the adoption work with clinical safety and that also ties into the standards work as well so we want to make sure we're sharing information safely and correctly um you know we've got good assurance process locally for our um our need to clinically assure stuff you know the dcb 160 um assurance and then we work alongside the clinical safety officers um at, at in the uh platform for their kind of product assurance the dcb 129 stuff um so that kind of works well together as well and i know there's um yeah progression on that happening about how we how we look at um clinical safety assurance of uh, you know releases of the products and and how we can contribute to that so that's that's all good really positive because sometimes that's it can be can be um can be left out a bit or can it it can fail to work iteratively so I think clinical safety can sometimes be seen as a one-off one, one off sort of tick it off do the report and that's it but we're, I think we're, we're really keen to revisit this stuff and, and continually assure the product so it's safe cool.
0: and the, the final question I want to ask you about the the people aspect I suppose of the programme um, it's important that you get the right people in of course and the right talent to be able to deliver something like this so how did you attract that right talent through your door? I think
2: from from my perspective, when I kind of had a list of all the, you know, the people I needed within within the programme and to look at how we were going to manage progressing with with the implementation, um, I tried to source locally in the first instance, I'm really sort of keen on helping to grow and share knowledge from within um, and to invest in the people we already have within LLR, because we've got such an incredible sort of talent pool within LLR and I wanted to offer seconded opportunities to people who wouldn't necessarily have got exposure to um certain aspects of the program within their day-to-day jobs they currently have I know benefits is one of the things that has been you know it's loosely done um by a lot of sort of different programs and projects but I was really keen on making that focal point and giving somebody the exposure to really sort of nurture that and take hold of that as a as a as a a, a a job role in itself really um and and have the time to to really kind of go through all of that in finer detail and and be able to manage that effectively to make sure we were realizing benefits that we wanted to to capture as part of the program rather than it being an afterthought and kind of ticking all these boxes at the end um so it was something that i you know i, I do like to sort of grow from within really we also have some key members of the team who are external to llr organizations uh, we found them via connections through yorkshire and humber partnership in the first instance and and again part of that collaborative working has brought more people into the team um for for different um knowledge sharing people that aren't necessarily sort of within the the program budgets if you like but that are part of the team um and integrate well because of sort of the knowledge sharing or, or cross organizations organization working that we do um but it's interesting because i see team as wider than just our central program um the people that we have under the central program that come under sort of the uh, you know the program finances if you like um are, are one small part of this uh the organizations that we work with under the ics and the per- people that work within them um getting them involved in this vision and being part of that change i also see as being part of this team um it's not something again it's not something we are delivering that that is being done to people they are very much involved in this change we we actively encourage everybody and anybody from all organisations to be involved to help us develop this um to make sure it's right for everybody so um the team uh, yes we do have a core program team but I do see the team as as everybody and anybody involved from all of the organisations that we have
1: yeah I think just uh agree following on from that I mean I, I think the um that wider team uh concept is is really important i think and as we spoke about before you know the collaboration and that just um enrolling people in that vision of what we're trying to do is really important um it's not just a technical delivery we're dumping on people it's something that we want them to kind of co-design um ask people about their problems you know how that relates to the the information gaps and how that relates to the the, the technical deliverables uh is really important and that that's kind of so that attracting the right talent into the team is that process of that kind of enrollment. You know, this is something that's going to benefit everyone. Um, that's really important. And I think the the approach from an architecture perspective, this this partnership collaboration, you know, it helps share knowledge across that right talent. You know, people can move around if we've got this common architecture and these common open standards based approaches. And um, we're happy to work openly and it, it kind of makes more um, increases the mobility of people to go and share and nationally really and on a wider scale you know people can work on different care records in different places and it's great
0: so that's all of the questions that we wanted to to run through um i just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to you both for, for getting involved with the podcast and and sharing the insight to the the care record it was a it's really insightful and yeah thank you for joining me no thanks for having us
1: thanks a lot